Crosstown Conversations, I think, quite frankly, I'm not quite, I don't have a clear head yet from Mardi Gras. Not that I did all that much, it just seemed like it was just enough to kind of take you off your normal, you know, pace. And so um, I was I was really kind of out there. <laughs> we had a bunch of millennials in town. I, they didn't want us along, so they left early in the morning, came back late at night. I, you know, I didn't have that much to do. It's just that it was like, where are they? You know, just kind of worrying just a little bit. You know, where did they land tonight? Everything worked out all right so far. I still got two of them in town. However, we have a really full show tonight. Um, we're going to talk about how you can become an entrepreneur with a project in the Central Business District. Yes, you. Uh, we're going to talk about um, plans for the Claiborne Corridor, and I've got my friend Austin Allen in here to talk with me about it, and Kristen, who I've just met for the first time. And um, we have a wonderful artist who's done some really beautiful work um, all about the Mardi Gras Indians, and uh, we're, we're going to visit with her. And then please don't let me forget to talk about the Plain Air Festival, okay? I'm counting on jazz here to remind me. Amy. Yes. You're up first. Hello. How are you? Uh, as I said, I'm kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. <laughs> That's what I said in my newsletter today. I, I was kind of, sort of, okay over the holiday, so to speak, and... So a little bit kind of sort of. I think everyone feels that way today. Uh, is that it? Yeah. I, I said. I said. Uh, I opened my newsletter saying, I, 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 "I'm Ash Wednesday. I'm just. I'm just Ash Wednesday. I'm so Ash Wednesday." And uh, yeah. people who are here know know what that means. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's let's give some money away, huh? We got yeah. about forty thousand dollars in cash and training and. Actually, this year it's about forty thousand. That's what I said, didn't I? Sorry about that. Didn't I say forty? Yeah, I, I said forty. I thought you said thirty, but that's okay. No, I said forty. Um, okay, yeah. Tell me about it. Well, um, this is probably our fifth year of doing a pitch contest in partnership with um, Cano and Louisiana Cultural Economy Foundation and the Downtown Development District as part of the annual Entrepreneur Week. And um, this is really a fun pitch contest because we're looking for um, folks who work in the creative industries. And, of course, that's a broad, broad, broad scope of industries. And um, the folks who kind of up the cool, um, the cool focus of the DVD area and um, either bring their service or their product um, to that area, potentially work from there, and just increase the art-based business in the area. So give us some examples of the kinds of folks who have gotten this pitch. This is our sixth year doing this. This is something that actually the Downtown Development District, which is the organization that kind of oversees everything in the Central Business District. 
the Louisiana Cultural Economy Foundation that um, Amy works with. She's the director there, and, uh, and my organization, the Creative Alliance of New Orleans. We all get together around this and try to encourage people to take a shot at it. And, you know, sometimes folks think, oh, I can't compete. There's all kinds of big shots out there with a lot more going on. No, this is a very home hometown kind of competition and you can win so I want you to seriously think about putting in it's not that hard a proposal either tell us about the application Amy it's actually very simple and straightforward it asks questions about your business um, or your idea or your product and it's very simple to fill out because it's really all about you and once we've had a chance to look through all the applications that we receive the panel um, gets together, ask, invites the creative, and um, you know from a from a short list, and we ask you some questions, and we ask you to make a really really informal pitch. Um, once that's done, we narrow it down from there to a smaller number, and then we offer you pitch training, so that you don't have to be you know a totally well um, groomed um, pitch maker when you start. It doesn't hurt, but we give you the tools you need in order to make a sharp-looking pitch at Entrepreneur Week, and um, we'll be we'll be doing that on March 21st, which is a Wednesday. Um, but the deadline for the applications is actually February 28th. That's also a Wednesday at midnight, so you have time to submit your um, application. And um, the place to submit it is at downtownnolaartsbusinesspitch.com. Um, so, Gigsy, for example, they're the, yeah. guy, they're the guys who just got last year's award. And yeah. I, I ran into them. I was at the Greater New Orleans Foundation uh-huh. um, that gives money uh, basically to nonprofit initiatives in a city. And there he was shooting away. And I said, well, darn, you know, he figured out how to get himself in the course of the year since he got the grant um, a, yeah. a, a fairly big piece of business. I don't know exactly, you know, how he did it, but <clears throat> I'm sure it didn't hurt that he was uh, the winner of the pitch contest, right? Yes, I think that was um, a, a big help to their business. They, they actually grew, they had hoped to um, double their business during the last year, and they actually tripled it. So they're doing great. They are a group of photographers who work with young people, training them to be photographers. They have an online platform that makes their services readily available, and um, they send these young folks out on jobs. Um, They have gone from, um, I think it was maybe one or two staff people to a, a, a few now, and they have quite a number of interns who are working with them. So they're doing great. They took advantage of the services that were available to them. They um, are part of the Culture Up um, Incubator as well that's um, in the Louisiana Endowment for the Humanities Building. And, um, we've, you know, we've had others like them that have just grown their businesses tremendously. So this is, this is like a shot in the arm um, courtesy of the um, Cano um, LCEF and the DDD. And uh, just, you know, if you're just sort of on the edge of thinking about something 
that's really um, a great business idea. This is this is what you need to move forward. And you know, again, uh, just so that people understand, it doesn't have to be some kind of great big deal thing. Um, last uh, year, we had a group called Two Girls One Shuck. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a traveling oyster cart for goodness sake, and and yeah. they came really close. Pardon me. And they came very close. Yo, they did. They came very close, and um, and of course they're another success story in the city, and they've grown their business since then too. So, um, even the experience of making the application, coming in, talking with us, and letting us ask you some questions that. Um, you know, might help you to think about what you need to move your business forward or to grow your business or to establish your, your great idea. Um, even that experience is a really good one to have because every business needs to learn how to make a pitch. And, and um, you know, Austin, uh, Austin Allen is in, in the studio with me, and he's a landscape architect, and I'm thinking there have got to be some landscape companies that are, are small but scalable that could could you know con conceivably compete. You've got a lot of um, an effort now to try to green up downtown areas. There's a whole plan in the works for the area around Charity Hospital that could very well include park spaces and so forth. So um, you know you should talk to your crowd. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Film, entertainment, architecture, technology, digital media, um, you know, uh, food, food product development. Uh, we've had a, a, a winner in this group who were um, fashion designers. So it, it's, it runs the gamut. And I would say that if you have questions about it, you can certainly call me and I'll talk you through it. And I'm at 504-895-2800. 895-2800. I believe in repeating that, 895-2800. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, good. Now, where do people send their um, – let's just get this in in case nobody calls. Um, where do people get their proposals in? At downtownnolaartsbusinesspitch.com. And um, it's what? How many pages, Amy, approximately? Oh, it's probably two or three. I mean, really? That's, uh, you know, considering some of us in the nonprofit world spend our time. I, I just listened to a really sad email from my sister who was talking about the the proposal. She just had to get into an agency for money in New York, and it was just ridiculous. It was 20 pages of this and 20 pages uh, of that, and you know, yeah. and then another 10 pages for that, and, and we're talking here a very much. So I, I, I'm sort of dragging this out a little bit because I really want you in the audience to take seriously your chance to to get in, just get the application in. You just never know. You get called up. Next thing you know, you're you're part of the game. So, and Jean, I have the application in front of me. Yeah. And I can tell you what the questions are, so that do if it. your listeners do it. are nervous about doing this, do this it. This is how simple it is. Uh, a brief project description of your business or your idea. How does your company make money? What is new, interesting, or different about your company or what you're doing? Why are you the right entrepreneur for this business, and what relevant experience do you have? How will your business benefit downtown New Orleans? That's it for the questions. Then we ask for some work samples, 
and it's nothing fancy. You don't have to, um, you know, put it in. There's multiple formats. Um, and then anything you want to upload that helps to, to make your case. That's it. We've had tour companies apply. We've had visual art, uh, sort of gallery-type folks apply and win. Um, we had uh, an online... Um, We've had yeah, app developers and um, online platforms for connecting uh, donors and the uh, creatives. Uh, there have been just a number of different kinds of industries. Think about it, y'all. It is... Um, it is the Downtown Development District's art-based business pitch. It's due February 28th. You can do it online. And I, you know what? You can just go to their website, Downtown Development District, and they'll have the information on there, too. So I, I, want, I just want to know that, you know, put down on your application that you heard about it on WB, okay? Okay? And, uh, um I'll put in the word for you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I just want you to apply. All right, Amy, thank you so much. Um, oh, I, you're welcome. I'm, I'm fascinated. Thank you for uh, sharing all this information. We yeah. hope it will generate some applications. I'm, I'm fascinated to see what kind of uh, proposals we get in. Hey, Amy, pick up a copy of Gambit, the art sites map and um, uh, information and listing for all the, the public the, um, uh, satellites for Prospect 4 are yeah. in the centerfold. I want you to oh, see it. Oh, wonderful. Give me, back, give me your feedback. I'm very excited Can't about it. Can't wait to it. see it. Very proud of it. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. right. You take Bye-bye. care. Talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. So what are you guys going to apply now, right? You know? <laughs> Austin Allen is with me. He's a landscape architect. And Kristen Lunnan. Lunnan. And both, you're both landscape architects, yes. right? Yes. All right, and they're here to talk about um, a meeting that's coming up this Saturday that is, again, something that is really important for you all to attend. And you know how civic-oriented I am, but there's a reason for it, because if we pay attention to the civic things that need to happen in our city, it affects our own lives, our personal lives, our neighborhood's lives. So this is kind of a part of a process that's been going on now for a few years, looking at how do we bring back the life that we had once on the Claiborne Avenue corridor that got destroyed by the erection of the I-10 overpass. And um, there's a meeting this Saturday, a workshop on the Claiborne Corridor Cultural Innovation District. This is the latest thing, guys, Innovation Districts. And, and, and goodness knows we are a city of innovation and creativity, so it's really for us. New Orleans Treme Center, is that the one that's right in the corner of the Armstrong Park? Yeah. Right there on Villary Street? Mm-hmm. Yes. 900 North Villary Street. Okay, Austin? Yes. Give me the pitch. Tell uh, me what it's all I, I, I'm very excited about this meeting. The uh, Claiborne Cultural Innovation District's been going on for about eight months. I think they've been um, forging ahead. Series of meetings really getting to the point where they could put out uh, uh, requests for proposals to begin to actually construct something that would happen under the uh, bridge in a way that says – what's going to happen on North Claiborne, at least from Cleveland Avenue down to Elysian Field. 
in terms of some kind of restorative process. We are uh, uh, part of a landscape architecture firm, Design Jones. We're a subprime to the uh, Meyer engineering firm that, you know, ended up with the contract to work with the Claiborne Innovation District. And so we uh, wanted to meet this Saturday, really have a, a larger community meeting where we begin to t- talk about design process. And what we see that starting with is a master plan of how do you take 25 blocks and really strategically come at it in a way that we know we can have a lot more say about that street and uh, and the future of it. And so for us, it was to take the uh, approach of complete streets and green infrastructure as a way into this uh, conversation. So 25, 25 blocks from where to where? From Cleveland on the other side of Canal to uh, Elysian, Fields. Elysian Fields. Yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. I'm trying it, to place it, that it, in my mind. What's it, what's before and after Cleveland? Um, before is Canal. On this side, yes. Oh, it's right on the other yeah, side of Canal? right on the other side of Canal. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. All right, so that's a, that's a pretty serious uh, stretch there. I mean, that, uh, yes. that's going right through Treme. Yes. Um, it ex- extends a little beyond. Right. And, and, and both ends, um, according to, I mean, everybody has a different definition of the parameters of Treme, I've yes. learned. I, I go with the more expanded um, uh, definitions. I don't stop at Claiborne because do you know that Treme actually once went all the way to the bayou? Yes. Yes, we know. <laughs> You've <laughs> learned you that, huh? Historic Treme is all that gets credit these days. <laughs> right. Well, and and it's actually the whole area all the way to the right. bayou is historic. historic right. And it got cut off first by uh, Highway 90 on Broad. That was the first kind of way of chopping it up. And then next came the uh, expressway that uh, chopped it up further. But uh, I live in the 2300 block, and I live in Treme. Yes, happen to live on S18 <laughs> Avenue, but it is in Treme. Okay, so uh, c- give me some idea of, of some of the general ideas that people are talking about and thinking about um, so that we know going into this, uh, if somebody wants to come, what are they likely to be talking about? Well, we actually took that 25 blocks and divided it in our mind into five distinct areas that uh, Kristen could talk about. Okay, so the Canal Street area where these fountains were were turned off eventually, um, that's going to be a place considered the Garden of the Moors, okay? It's going to be a water-focused design, Mm -hmm. um, you know, dealing with how we deal with stormwater and, and trying to make that an educational experience as well. Um, the next set of the next section would be something called Back of Town Plaza. Um, we're going to have a lot of markets. Um, we're going to have local vendors out that, there. That, when you say the next section, is that going uptown? Uh, downtown. Or downtown. That, that okay. would be from actually uh, St. Louis over to Orleans is the okay. is the back market of town area. area. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to have a tambourine and fan section, um, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing the historic nature of the area. Mm-hmm. You know, we know what the space is used for. We know that people gather here tribally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're recognizing that space. Um, and then next we have a, the area around Circle Food Store is going to be called Spirit Circle. We really want to pay homage to the elders who came before um, who fought for many years um, to, you know, reclaim the space for the Treme area, for the community, um, not just 
throw something there, you know. So we really mm -hmm. want to pay homage to the people who've put sweat and tears and blood into this area. Um, so Spirit Circle is going to be, you know, kind of bringing attention to that and also having artists come in and really let themselves uh, take into account the oak trees that were destroyed in that area, mm -hmm. the past, the present of the space, calling attention to existing businesses along that corridor and in the neighborhood, not just making it seem like this design is just underneath the bridge, but expanding into the neighborhood to call attention to you know, what's left of the culture and hopefully rebuild it. Yeah, and, and then that last area is the Yeah, Oak the Oak View, View um, Oak View and Arboreum, um, where the where the I-10 cuts off towards Elysian Fields, that off-ramp, that entire area is going to be re-greened. Um, it's going to, you know, it's going to be an Arboreum. It it. But, it, but it's, it's yeah. kind of a little bit already, I yes. mean, still there, so. Yes. Yeah. It's to add to. <laughs> we need to add to it. Yeah. <laughs> and Very really much. recognize it as a meeting space um, and make it a real neutral ground, if you will. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So I, I, this whole area that you're talking about, it, it, it really is um, begging for what you're talking about. Right. I, I think the one thing that um, has bothered me a little bit about the whole process, and I'm sure there's been a lot of people who have been involved in it mm -hmm. and engaged, I just haven't been myself. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I was very active with the neighborhood organization in the area. We're less active at the moment just because too many of the members of our group had a lot of commitments uh, to other activities. But So I, I, I'm hoping that there will be more people who will come out and, and, and participate in this, this meeting on Saturday and in other meetings I assume that you're going to have after this. Absolutely. Yeah, and so what's the process? And the process for us now is this is a – uh, conversation around the master plan. We will get the feedback from that, and within a few short weeks, we will be back in touch with people through a meeting that says, this is what we talked about, and actually start to do some rough design concepts mm -hmm. that can take it to the next step. Mm -hmm. The important area that we see as one of those kind of first launch places is the six blocks. It's called um, Tambourine and Fan. But the the, the uh, the idea was to um, take that six blocks and really build an a extensive marketplace that ties together both the inf informal market that really is driving a lot there and the formal market that mm -hmm, drives there. Mm -hmm. And and so that involves a lot under the bridge and a, in a complete street uh, from one building on one side of the street to the other side of the street and the, that building, you know, and how you tie all these elements together. So we're going to really be doing a lot of concentration of that six blocks that goes from Orleans to Esplanade. And I, I think you would definitely want to, you know, have... That's my, that's my part of town, yes, so I, I'm I, real I, interested I, to see that. Right, you uh, know, just for the sake of the newbies who have moved in yes. to the area, and there sure are a lot of them... Uh, walking down Galvez is not <laughs> what it used to be at all. It's weird. But um, so for the sake of the newbies, under the bridge means under the expressway. Yes. It's a local it expression that we use that talks about that area. You know, Austin, just uh, as a little point of reference, I had a course that I taught at the Tulane School of Architecture for a while before the ah, storm called um, Creative Industries and Neighborhood Revitalization. Yeah. And one of the things we did was a plan for under the bridge between Esplanade and St. Bernard. Yeah. And do you know what 
of my students did the plan. And you yeah. know what? One of the things, Joel Ross was one of the students, and okay. he worked on it. And he came up with this idea for like a bowling alley <laughs> and sports stuff. So, sports stuff. So in that one area called Back of Town, there is sports. And a movie theater. Yeah, there's sports being looked at in that area. Uh, that's that area uh, that is near the Lafitte Corridor. And so we, we talked about a number of ideas from skateboard parks to a skate. Uh, there used to be a skating ring under there, all kinds of things that could happen in that way. I think you would get a lot of people who would give a sign of yes in terms of bowling alleys and other things. The thing is we have this very important you know, real estate I see that we haven't grabbed a hold of and claimed and should. All right, if we want to really set the pace for what's going to happen on Claiborne, we have to see it from one building on one side to one building on the other all through those 25 blocks. Right, and, and that was, you know, I have to, I have to find that plan and, and give it to you. Please. That would just be some nice <laughs> input because we actually did a lot of uh, community engagement meetings with folks in the St. Bernard yeah. uh, Avenue area. And, um, and and got a lot of ideas from them. And, mm -hmm. and, and so, yeah, I, I, I'll have to dig it up. Okay. You know? Please, please <laughs> do. I'm not sure exactly <laughs> where it's sitting right now because uh, all the post-Katrina stuff is like, yeah. And, and, and we have started looking all the way back to what Rudy Lombard and that whole study that was done. Too, yeah. yeah, that exactly. I mean, and there's elements all along that people saw, you know, that had to happen. But one of the things that really is an encouraging thing to me at my age is that I see there's an end to the domination of the automobile uh, with the next generations. And I, I, I think something's going to happen in a way we're going to look up one day and say, what do we do with this bridge, you know? And you know. Well, and isn't it interesting that really – one of the chief concerns that people have about taking it down is mm -hmm. throwing auto traffic onto all of the arteries and streets in the area. This is mm -hmm. what I've heard. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys have heard it too. Yes. So maybe if, in fact, the use of cars is reducing, maybe that won't be such a big impediment to that mess of infrastructure coming down. We'll see about that. Yeah, but, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, you know, Baton Rouge uh, is a model. Believe, yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we here in New Orleans don't think about Baton Rouge as a model for anything. However, guess what they have? They have sports functions mm -hmm. under the interstate in mm -hmm. Baton Rouge. Did you know they, that? They, I did. Mm -hmm. I did. Actually, I've uh, had a and you know how they did it? Student. They did it with DOT money. Ah. Think about that for a minute. Okay. <laughs> All right. What is that money called that's um, when you have a negative impact in the neighborhood? Yeah. That's a, there's a fund that is supposed to mitigate that. It's, it's some yeah. kind of mit mitigation, mitigation money, yeah, right? Yeah, basically. And yeah. they used it to build sports facilities under the interstate. It's true. In some part of Baton Rouge. The BRAC people. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Who I thought at one point after the storm wanted to take over New Orleans, so I wasn't <laughs> real happy about all that. But, however, check into it. Okay, mm -hmm. definitely. Check definitely. into what they did up there. Uh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I think there's so many uses you can do and so many ways you can actually try green infrastructure. So some of the dirtiest water 
is coming off of that bridge and into our system. You know, oh, it's, I never uh, thought of that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. and, and it's coming into our system before it goes to the lake. It would be wonderful to clean it some, and that's some of the things we're looking at doing, even in that uh, Garden really of the Moors yeah. is actually to filtrate it, you know. The Garden of the Moors. Okay, yeah, who yeah. came up with that? I, I can't you're gonna remember. Take some, you know you're going to take some stuff for that. Yeah. You know oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's expected. That. Yes. That's expected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... But, but you know, fountains, it's, it's, fountains it, were a big thing exactly. on Esplanade, it, right? It, it's, it, it's playing into that whole thing of what Talk to was done. David Villarubia, who is my neighbor that plays too much loud music for his weddings next door to me, amplified loud music on weekends so that I can't sit in my garden. Uh, well, <laughs> I guess you told me. I got to call him out. I got to call him out. It makes me so mad. However, David is one of the people who talks about the fountains that used to be on Esplanade, and he is a big one right in front of his. I had two in my garden that I can't even find anymore. They're just buried under all my Chinese fan palms, which, by the way, yes. I just want to say, I just want to call out my Chinese fan palms. Because if you drive down Esplanade Avenue yes. and you look at all the brown, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you come to my block... Yes. And you see a house completely surrounded in green. Yeah. It's because I have Chinese fan palms, and they could take the cold. There you go. That, that's the yes. hint of the day. I, <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Really important. I mean, now, my garden is a jungle. Yes. And I've had, I, got, I bought too many of them, and then they all had babies. And so I have a Chinese fan palm, Chinese fan palm. Jungle, yes. farm. Yes. So think about that. I just want you to keep that in mind. But no, it's green, and um, I had fountains. I ha- can't find them right now, but maybe someday I'll, I'll come back with them. So it'd be great. But I can't resist. I know this is not exactly what you're here to talk about. Okay. But I can't resist the Lafitte, so-called Greenway. Okay. What, what do you mean you can't resist? I, can't resist. <laughs> I mean, I just threw the gauntlet down. I have such um, um, encouraging things to say about how that's going to develop in the Good, future. Good, tell yeah. me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started to see uh, a real pickup of use in the last, mm-hmm. say, four or five months. Right before it got cold. Mardi Gras was crazy. Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. was biking yeah. down the greenway. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think the attempt was to make it in some ways like a the new green spaces we have across the country, like the uh, High Line in New York or the Belt Line in Atlanta. And I, I think it's probably as we figure out what that uh, corridor really looks like and what's really going on along it, you're going to get a lot more participation. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of bikes lately, which was a good sign, you know, that that corridor has some meaning to it, you know, in, in that kind of way. Uh, I think I, I that just, one I of the... I want to see th- where's the green, Okay. A, and, and, <laughs> one. and B, where is the art? I think the more... Why, why don't we have more art? Yeah, why not? How about fountains? Why not? I mean, it's just not that, it's just great big, okay, if it's going to (laughs) be great big empty fields, then turn them into soccer fields or something. Yeah. I I, I just, I'm not sure I get it. Maybe it's just time and money, right? Right. There you go. Time and money, and the more you consciously connect it to other relevant design spaces, 
for particular for use by the community is going to gain more and more value over time. What, what, so, so what you're doing that this is why I asked you. So what you're doing on Claiborne, it's connected. Obviously, you you see it connected to one hundred percent, and yes. it's consciously connecting to it, but not calling too much attention to it as the star of the show, but connecting that space to Claiborne for flow, <laughs> not yeah. for. This is our beautiful greenway. You know, here's the main. You know, it's, it's, it's about connecting that space to these crossing spaces that are going to give it more value over time. Well, you're going to have a more intense action, right, under the bridge, so to speak, with Absolutely. markets and, mm-hmm. and sports activities and so on. But uh, hopefully, they spill. Yes. Do you know? Have you been to the Millennial Park in Chicago? Yes, I have. Yeah, lovely, lovely, right? Experience. You have know. you been there, Kristen? No. Okay, you need to check it out, because I was there for the opening of it. Because Frank Gehry did the yes. some of the work there yeah. with the the um, amphitheater. Yeah, and um, they have this incredible system of sound. Is it still up there? That grid. I, I wonder I, if it was. I still haven't survived. been in a while, so. Yeah. Well, they had this beautiful grid with little mic drops like this, just kind of like a thin wire, covering the whole big park. And then little mic drops all along. I don't mean mic drops like that, but yeah. mic drops hanging off the this grid. It was and so right. the sound was incredible. It wasn't just all blasting mm-hmm. out from the stage. It was dispersed yeah. over the whole. I don't know. That's the kind of thing that excites me. And 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 I think you know we should ask for no less in terms of New Orleans. And and you know I think it it, it comes in in those kind of things. One of the things that I know we want to do is reveal the fact that the canals under there. And and I, I you don't have to show it, you, but somehow you have to, you know, pay homage to the fact that that's part of the history is the connection, you know, and and let that work in in your you know kind of in your advantage. You There's know? something about that that's making me think about something in Lower Manhattan. I can't remember exactly what it is. It, it's probably it's not in a High Line area. It's like around Battery Park. Mm. I, I know some sort of you know waterway thing that has a reference to the history of the area. I, I just have to think for a minute, or, but yeah, there's a lot I, going on. I, there. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm hoping that what you're doing is is obviously you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't have the same hope that it's going to grow. It's going to yes. impact the whole area. And that whole area truly needs it. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, that is I the mean, spirit of... I mean, we do better of, than Cajun seafood, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a terrible oh, yes. thing to have seafood there, but... Understood. Yeah. And I think that's the spirit of this I'm really, whole... See, I, I had too much Mardi Gras. I don't know. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <not> right. <laughs> it's, it's the spirit of this whole cultural innovation district, is yeah. to really... Figure out how to use innovation and how to use the the fact that this is the base of so much culture. And I'm telling you, I was out there yesterday and I could feel it from, you know, one uh, end to the other. Uh, under uh, the bridge. Under, well, it was hot, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, I don't mean hot temperature. I mean hot action. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I drove through it just to go see the parades on Canal. We have one little spot that we used to go to. I'm not going there anymore because now they only take the parades down one side of Canal. But I used to go to the corner of Canal and Royal because I could go to the hotel there and park and it was easy and blah, blah. I'm going to have to go back to Galvez because I I used to watch Zulu on Galvez. Yeah. Why don't we have a Mardi Gras parade down Lafitte? 
connecting to the action under Claiborne. Uh, you, you probably are going to talk it into existence. <laughs> <I tell you. laughs> but but there's something special about Orleans. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get in the middle of that one. All right, <laughs> taking the Mardi Gras away from Orleans. not away from. In addition to okay, right, right. now we're talking. Hello? In addition not, to oh no, okay, don't all right. misunderstand me. What's for gotcha. one second? Oh no, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. You know, right now you've got action on Orleans, on Galvez, on Broad. Right. Uh, but and, and you have um, you have a certain kind of action under Claiborne. Claiborne could just be kind of a mess, really, yeah. with lots of cars parked under. So once you get all those cars parked under there, there's like, I don't know, there's not a whole lot of room for. But 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 I think that's Kristen say it. I mean. We embrace the informal market because, <laughs> I mean, it's what it yeah, is. I mean, yeah. the bridge is there. We were mad about it, at, but now we're using the space. Mm-hmm. And it's necessary, so it has to be taken into account in, in re- reorganizing the space. Informal market has to be accounted for. So that means parking has to be accounted for. In in some in some capacity, yes. This decade. So you can't just have it right down under the bridge. For now, so You're going to yes. have to have it. They're hedging their bets. They don't want to talk about this. Oh, yet. no. Okay. I mean, we'll talk. Okay. <laughs> Oh, we're okay, going to talk okay, Saturday. Well, hey, okay. Come on out. <laughs> okay. Saturday, right. Let's yeah. go back. Okay, Saturday is your time, yes. everybody. We've been having a little schmooze fest here, but let's get back <laughs> to the fact that the real, you know, dig-in planning is going to happen this Saturday at the Treme Center right there at the corner of Villery and what's that cross street there? Well, you know, it's, that, it's, it's the center right <laughs> at the edge of the park. 2.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m., those are great times. People have done their morning shopping and chores right. and so forth, and, you know, the afternoon they're either taking a nap or they're just hanging out on their porch. So come over for this meeting. And um, here's a phone number if you want to know more about it, 439-6747. They don't have to really RSVP, do they? No, that was yeah, just I if you, it's an you RSVP know, here, yeah. but we don't have to worry about that. Okay. It's called the CID Cultural Innovation District Community Workshop. Um, y'all, come on out for it. Um, really, it, check it out. It's it's an important thing. It's going to change. It really is going to change our whole neighborhood. Thank you. I I, I really really feel it too. I do. And let me know about meetings to come. I'll put it in my newsletter. You can call me and do a little shout out. Um, no no problem. I have to be out in St. Bernard on that day. Okay. So I, I, it's my job, job, you know. Okay. So I, I may not show up, but I will um, hope that some of my buddies will, and I will make a point of trying to come to your future meetings. All right. I have to do a plain air festival. Okay. Out there, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But okay. no, first, I'm going to come have an artist talk to me about her Mardi Gras Indian paintings. All right. That she does really beautiful things. Austin and Kristen, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Austin, Always a pleasure. I need someone to come and cut down the other stuff that didn't work. Uh, we'll talk about Please it. Please find me somebody. <laughs> I, I got need, some I folks. need a landscape person so badly, I can't even tell you. I mean, I have Michael Scott is my treasure. He, he really helps me out in there, but I need someone who knows about, like, when should you cut your sagos? Do I have to cut my sagos? Do I cut them up or not? I've got a vine that's going, you know what I mean? That, the, I, the, the, the. I got some folks for you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Bye. All right.
Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming in. And, um, yeah, it's going to be – I think it will be a fun meeting, too. It's not going to be dry. Absolutely. Uh-oh. 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 By the way, food, right? A little bit of food? A little bit. You've got to have some food. You can't do a community meeting without food. We know. All right. Light refreshments. Light refreshments. Okay. All right, guys. Um, so we've done two things that you can do this weekend. I am going to talk to you also about the Plain Air Festival that we're having out in St. Bernard in this gorgeous, gorgeous spot right next to the Mississippi River. It is called Crevasse 22 River House, and um, it is a museum. It is a sculpture garden, and the St. Bernard um, Arts Guild is going to – run the process. Plain air simply means you paint out in nature and you're just right there in the natural environment painting. The festival is going to take place from 11 a.m. until 4 on Saturday and Sunday this weekend and the following weekend. So you have plenty of time to kind of do something and then try again. And we will have some supplies for folks and um, make it possible for Uh, you to participate and make art whether you're a bona fide artist or not in fact I'm gonna I'm gonna make I used to do a lot of art and then I kind of chickened out and figured out I had to make a living so I didn't pursue that on the other hand I have a young woman in my um, studio right now who in fact did other things in life kind of tough things and then decided what she really wanted to do was make art again and what she decided she wanted to make art about was kind of just, it just evolved, didn't it? Yes, yes. About the Mardi Gras Indians. So tell me about it. Um, well. I, I can't pronounce, I'm, not, I'm afraid to okay. pronounce your name, so <laughs> sure, you do it. Sure, it's Michelle Dashev. Dashev. Yes. What kind of a name is Dashev? Um, it's Russian. It's my it's my husband's name, actually. Oh, Johnson okay. is my maiden, and no one ever asked me about that one. <laughs> okay, no. So yes, I'm I'm recently transplanted to the area. I lived in Florida for about 20 years, and like you, had to make a living and kind of went away from art. I had studied in college. Through life, um, I I was given the opportunity to kind of step away, take some time off. My husband and I resettled here because I fell in love with um, New Orleans, like so many. And one of the first things that we did was check out what's going on. We went to St. Joseph's Day, and it was like a, a light went off, and I said, this is not only where I want to be. This light is, went on. Yes. <laughs> light went on, right. Um, this is where I want to be. These are the kind of people I want to be around. This is my new home. This is where I want to be forever. It was just one of those moments. And uh, the Mardi Gras Indians, to me, as – as an outsider, it feels like you cannot elevate their art form enough. It's their art, and I feel like myself as an outsider, it's it's my job and my my passion to use every ability I have to Call to sh- show, to yeah, to yeah. just to show their art and their expression, and it's kind of. It's kind of been an evolution where I started painting for myself, and I painted very large. I, I always wanted to do things very large, and because they are larger than life, that's it's just kind of evolved to these. Generally, I do six-foot canvases. 
Oh, and, wow. And that's that... a small, I have a smaller pieces, too, that are more headshots that I have in my uh, show that's going on right now at 600 Julia Street and Gallery, and I'm excited about that. The opening is, is this Saturday night. Which gallery? Gallery 600 Julia, mm -hmm. and it's 600 Julia Street. <laughs> Um, oh, that's right next to, um, uh, we used to, my husband and I had a pop-up gallery at uh, 529. Okay. So 600 must be. It's it's like um, if you take camp uh, from uptown and you pass the Ogden, it's about two blocks up, blocks up on the corner of Julian Camp. Okay. Uh -huh. And there are other artists in the show. It's a celebration of, of Mardi Gras and um, mostly Indian Indian works as oh, well. Okay. So, who owns it? Who, who runs it? Uh, Susan Soward, S A W A R D. Uh -huh. She actually put me in touch with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh -huh. But yeah, it's um, she's been very supportive, and I I was in the recent show with Louisiana Contemporary for a local artist, and I, it's I'm throwing my my hat into the ring, and i I'm very excited about it. Well, these works that you've done, they're extremely colorful. I think they really do justice to the Indian, um, I, I, I don't want to just say costumes, to the suits, of course, as they designate them, but to the energy, to the energy and the power of, of the work. I mean, it's very... Um, it's powerful. These, these paintings are very... Um, you know, expressive and Thank dynamic you. and and energetic, and and they really they do justice to the Indian costumes. So you spent some time with these folks too. As I a actually, of this. I've actually there. I've I've taken photos at the festivals because I'm not. I mean, it's it's not something. It's not a, a culture that you can just walk into. Nor would I suppose that I could. It's more of something that I see from the outside at mm -hmm. this point, and um, I I don't know it. It's it's hard again. It's it's just so so deep and so rich that uh, well I've eaten all the information I can up about everything from Tutti Montana and the whole the whole history of the Indians. It's still a very visual representation, and, and for, for me I think that. A lot of the portrayals I've seen of Indians have been in crowds, performing, and while that's very much part of it, the individual is creating the costume as an expression of themselves. And every bead, every every design is is Personal. sewn with blood. Mm -hmm. So so that is that's also part of what what I try to portray in my paintings. Well, I, I would um, encourage you. There's a woman uh, named... Um, Sabrina Montana, who I, I would uh, I would encourage you to um, make a connection with her, oh, and, I'd love and to. show her the work you're doing, and um, and ask her about how you might connect personally with with uh, these folks are very very they're very sociable they're very inclusive they. You know, they, they not only do they spend the year sewing, which is a very, almost, you would think it's a solitary function, but they always have a lot of help. So it is, it's more like quilting, the way women um, 
have well, quilted I, in history. I recently discovered, and I and I want to go there, the Backstreet Cultural Museum, oh, which yeah. I have yet to visit, but it, it sounds like a wonderful resource in the community. And, and the gentlemen who um, are who run it and who are the docents there, they're extremely informed. And yeah, that would be a good place to start too. Um, there's a number of uh, organizations who make it their business to, to, to support and focus and be knowledgeable about and navigate and connect folks to uh, the Indians. Um, but my, my husband actually helped Tootie Montana at one point really? sell a costume um, at a time when he really needed to. Mm -hmm. and, and you see, you never use the same suit again. You know right. that, right? Yes, so yeah. um, this was a, a, a suit that was from a prior use, and, and um, uh, it was sold to Ripley's Believe It or Not. Wow. Um, and he's actually trying to see if he can get it back right yeah. now because it, it belongs here in the state and mm -hmm. um, Ripley's uh, did not they they were open for a while in the French Quarter and they did not stay mm. um, <clears throat> I think that the French Quarter was more than Ripley's believe it or not right or something like mm -hmm. that so well um so all right so where do you go from here what what uh, what is this inspiring in you and your work, uh, the connection that you've you've established with, um, well, with the designs of the Indians. Well, I do love I do love working in vibrant color, and I do love celebrating c cultural figures. I love figure work. I'm I'm not going to be. Well, I love it. It's it's not for me to paint the beautiful architecture here. I, I enjoy people. I enjoy, and it's so rich. I mean, the whole. The whole culture is so rich. I don't know. I'm actually still working on some very large Indians. Um, it's a it's a long process. Each big one takes me three to four months. So, um, so I'm still in that, and I'm still exploring what I what I can do within the the medium. Have any of the Indians actually seen any of this work yet? I don't know. If they did, it would have been at the Ogden. Uh, Yes. So, so that's another thing that I think um, somebody like Sabrina could help you with. Uh, they should see this because I think they would be, they would feel honored. They would feel that you get it. Oh, I, I, that's, uh, in, that's in high term, praise. Yeah, in, in terms of reflecting the the um, richness of their of their work. There's, uh, I don't know how to exact. Uh, I'm not an art historian. I'm, I'm an art. Supporter, so it's uh, I don't necessarily have the the language, but your brush strokes are very defined and very strong, and um, the the level of detail. And in fact, they are portraits. They are literally head and shoulders, you might say, um, portraits of people. So uh, head 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 and shoulders, and lots and lots of feathers and beads. Lots of feathers and beads. But yeah. very defined <laughs> and very. Um, you know, very dominant in the image. It's, it, it, it is not, as you said, it's not parading out in the street with a lot of other action going on. It is, it is really the, um, the, the image itself. What, what, what kind of um, art training did you have that brought you in this direction? Well, um, I, have a, I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts from the University of Massachusetts. I come from a relatively artistic family. My brother is also an artist, but I, I, had, I stepped away from it and was doing craft works, uh, working in pastels, doing things I didn't have the space for it. For something like what I'm doing now, you really need a lot of space and a lot of time. And it just, my head 
space was not there to do what I wanted to do, so I kind of stepped away from it altogether. And uh, going through different experiences in life, uh, my husband had an illness. There were things that happened where I just found more in myself of what do I want to do. Life is short. Um, I have certain I have, I'm fortunate in certain ways that I can do this and, and this is the direction I want to go. And many times I felt like, what am I doing working on six-foot oil paintings um, at this point in my life where I've been away from it for so long. It was, a, it was a challenge that I needed and that I feel like has brought a lot to my life and I'm looking forward to being able to evolve and give that back to others in this wonderful community. So I think what's interesting about your story is that it's really um, testimony to the fact that you can walk away from a talent, from an interest that is a part of you, and come back. Because I think a lot of times when, especially creative people who who don't stay with that creative activity because they have to earn a living, raise kids, um, you know, just deal with the, the more practical um, things of life, uh, think they can't go back. I think also your peers move forward. The, it becomes more of a challenge to say, well, am I still an, an artist? Can I still do that? And if I go back to where I was at 25, I was sure I was doing big big canvases in my early 20s, but am I taking that same level? The truth is you take all your experiences as a person with you, and some of the challenges in the art world that I found working in cities where you're kind of, if you're not in or if you don't appeal, or it can be very it can be very intimidating the art world in general but i approach this as this was for me you know and and from that has come interest from the community but it's still for me and when it stops being for me and something i love i have to i have to go back to the well and see if that's really you know it, it'll evolve into something else i'm not ever going to stop again because it's just been a wonderful growth experience in connecting with people like you, people around the city, within the community. It's just given given back. How, how long has it been since you uh, started working again? Um, honestly, <laughs> and I will be, a year and a half. But I basically do it four or five hours a day. So when I jumped into it, I kind of jumped in with both feet and said, mm -hmm. this, is, this is where I'm going. I didn't mm -hmm. want to say, oh, I'll sketch on the weekends or I'll do. It was just kind of like, well, this is what I'm doing. And then it just, it just went. You know, you hear so many times uh, in life people say um, it's so important for you to do what you really love to do. Mm -hmm. um, whatever that happens to be, and for some people it's a job, it's making a living, it's working in the kitchen, it's, um, you know, serving other people, working in a hospital. It could be whatever it is that um, for some reason that uh, is 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 part of your really your inner drive um, and and too many of us don't do that we we um, and I, I'm saying we and us because I, I came out of school wanting to be a film editor and um, I chickened out because when I came out of school in the 60s there were very few women 
who were in that field, and it looked very daunting. And I just, I'm also something of a talker, and I do PR, so it was easy for me to um, go in that direction. And I and I have, I've enjoyed doing all the things that I've done in in PR, and certainly I enjoy doing communicating um, and and sharing somebody like you with a, an audience and making sure that people know about what you're doing. So that's okay. But yeah, it's uh, going going back to the well, as you said is something that I think more of us need to think about um, uh, doing. So Indians, do you have any in instinct of what might come next as, as a subject matter? Welcome to Democracy. Um, I, I really don't, I really can't say. I, I wish I had a, a very long, you know, right now it's, it's Indians and it will be, um, you know, I, I put in, self-portraits, things like that, portraits of, but my current focus is in